pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's John Bozica, 10 until noon, Monday through Friday. Here on 1480 WHBC. John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. Excited to get into this next topic. Again, we've talked about this with so many different people, and uh, we're going to go to the phone line and bring in another expert. That is uh, Dr. Panagi Galisetos from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Dr. Galisetos, how are you today, sir? I am well and an honor to be back. Thank you, good sir. Well, it's good to have you back and uh, good to have you on the air again. Always a pleasure uh, to speak with you. You know, I mean, I, I, I think we've talked about COVID in so many different ways. We've we've discussed so much about it. And now the topic of discussion that seems to have taken over the world, Dr. Gali Satos, when it comes to COVID is, in fact, this Delta variant. Um, tell us what you know about the Delta variant, and then we'll kind of go from there. Right. So a, a few things just to always take a quick step back to. Remember, variances are, are like the offspring of the viruses, right? Just like your children are a little bit different than you. They're they're genetically different, but they're still the same species. And so variants happen all the time. So anytime the virus comes in and it leaves, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to take a little bit of you with it and so forth. Now, when we classify and give one of these variants, one of those, you know, uh, uh, you know, just a few dozen or so Greek letters, it's usually because that variant is either the original, like the alpha, or it's going to do one of two things, if not a combination of both, easier to transmit and or more lethal. With a Delta variant, we have noticed it is just easier to transmit. And this is what causes us concern. It was the original uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2. It took a while. You need to be intimately close to someone, usually within three feet, up to 15 minutes of breathing in his or her air. This one seems to be able to pass on much quicker, less time needed, and so forth. In regards to severity, that's what we're still trying to figure out. It's harder to say, especially if it's the only, um, you know, uh, the variant that exists, it's harder to understand how much more lethal is it. You know, because if you compare it to alpha, well, remember, we were, alpha was the predominant one back then. So long story short, we know it's easier to transmit. We know it is going to, it is by far the most predominant variant at the moment for a lot of regions. And the last thing that I'll say that holds our breath, how good is the vaccine against it, right? Because that's what we have to keep understanding. The vaccine, when we identify what to to target, we identify the, uh, that part on the virus, hoping it won't change as much. And so we keep always holding our breath with a new variant, hoping that that spike protein doesn't change too much. So, so far, the data does show that the vaccine has effectiveness against it. So another reason I'm hoping people understand, hey, you know, the vaccine is still probably your best bet to not uh, have to deal with the Delta variant. So easier to transmit, predominant in certain regions. The lethality of it, the mortality, yeah, the verdict is still out. You know, one of the things that I know that we have, um, you know, really tried to figure out with this and that I've had a lot of people call in and ask me about is, are the symptoms different? And will it react different to people? And will it change the way that people are, 
um, you know, people are are trying to treat this thing. Is any of that different with this, or do we just simply not know that yet? So the answer is a combination of the two. We simply still don't know, um, you know, how many, how much variation there is. The one part, and this is my clinical impression, is that the symptoms seem to come on sooner than they did with the original variants, right? So usually we talk about there's a two-week kind of uh, incubation period as it cooks. You know, and I say this because when I talk to patients and they can identify where they think they got it from, I was like, oh, that was only two days ago. So it could be my clinical bias. So we definitely need to rely on some other colleagues um, to be able to research this well to give us a definitive answer. So my own clinical clinical impression isn't uh, heavily weighed on a biased sample. But with that said, the patients that I've been dealing with seem that their symptoms came on much sooner. Now, with that said, those patients to date who I've been uh, managing in the hospital specifically, the one thing they all have in common is they haven't gotten the vaccine. So those who have gotten the vaccine and still got COVID, remember it's a milder case, those are patients that the only thing they're telling me is like, oh, I had a bit of a runny nose or a bit of a cough. So there is a variation, I will say, in who's been vaccinated and how they're clinically presenting with Delta. Delta unvaccinated, usually in the hospital, if you're going to develop symptoms, again, by example, the patients I've cared for, vaccinated, got Delta, they're usually showing up in my clinic. You know, Dr. Pani Giscalisetos is my guest here, by the way, from Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Dr. Giscalisetos, I had a, a caller call in last week, and, and I don't know if we could answer this now or, or how long this would take, but they asked the question of what do we know right now about COVID and what don't we know? right now about COVID, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. We've learned a lot about it in over the course of the year. Right? We've learned how it predominantly spreads. Because when we say airborne, you know, it, it, it's a big term because it gets spread through the air, as we say, but it also spread by, by surfaces because that's what we saw with some of its predecessors, uh, SARS-CoV in 2003 and MERS-CoV in the Middle East in 2013. So, we, you know, I see this because a year ago I was preaching, wipe things down, you know, several times over. Well, so far, SARS-CoV-2 seems to be predominantly through the air. It's very fragile once it lands on the surfaces. So that is huge to know because then you know how to more strategically prevent this, right? Physical distancing and face masking seems to be still a very effective part to this aside from the vaccine. So that's one of the things we've learned. The other things we've learned is we're, we can help patients survive this. Now, I see this because when we were overwhelmed with COVID in the hospitals, the mortality rate was as high as 6 to 10%, depending on the region you were in. When your hospitals were doing fine, right? You know, we, we had not too many patients in. We have plenty of resources. By resources, I don't just mean machinery. I mean staff as well. Then we got this. Yes, it still might be a few weeks before you're out of the hospital, but you'll survive. So that's another thing we've learned. We've learned how to better manage this virus. We're very humbled by it. But if you don't, if, if not, if your hospital systems aren't overwhelmed, uh, with COVID patients, the few that may come in, I promise you, they are, are going to have the best chances at surviving. A few things that we don't know yet, right? We still don't have a cure, so more to come. And viruses are hard to come up with cures analogous to an antibiotic. That's going to take time. And if you think about HIV, the last really bad global virus that took a hold of us, it took us over a decade to come up with a good uh, cure for it. And the other thing we don't know is post-COVID. Right, today, this morning, actually, I'm speaking to you, still in clinic, uh, in between patients, and 
you know, I have a patient now hitting his eighth month anniversary celebrating surviving COVID. And the challenges I still have, I'm telling him, like, I didn't read about your syndrome in a, in a medical textbook. So I'm, you're my teacher and my patient at the same time. So we're learning a lot in real time about post-COVID-19. The last comment I'll make, sorry for this tangential thought, but last comment I'll make, you got to understand, you know, so we keep this surviving and, and um, death uh, kind of approach to COVID. I, I wish people would spend time in our post-COVID-19 clinic because these patients will tell you the symptoms of post-COVID are worse than COVID itself. So that's what we still don't know, how these patients will heal after surviving COVID. And for a lot of them, they're nowhere near the quality of life that they had in the beginning. Dr. Ponagi Scali-Setos from Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Sir, I always appreciate the time and uh, uh, look forward to talking to you the next time that we have you on the air. No, always an honor and uh, thank you so much. Yep. Have a good one, sir. You too.